He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. If I said space rockets, what would you think of? This, of course, a rocket launch. The massive explosive chemical propulsion needed to launch a rocket through Earth's atmosphere and into space. But once in space, how do you move your satellite, your ship, your capsule, your whatever? Well, one of the answers for that is to use an electromagnet-powered plasma rocket. And if a team of New Zealand scientists and engineers have their way, these might soon feature a particularly powerful and efficient kind of electromagnet. Kia ora, nau mai harama ki te au hurihanga. Hello and welcome to Our Changing World, ko klekin kanan tēnei. And today we're talking about plasma rockets in space, which sounds totally exciting. Like the blue plasma, and yes, it is blue, would be firing at the back loudly, accelerating things forward aggressively. But that's not quite it. Many of these thrusters, the amount of power that they put out, the amount of thrust that they provide, is about the weight of a piece of paper on your hand. So not much, but because there's no air to push against and they are away from the gravity field of the Earth, that thrust can be used over weeks or months or years to build up great velocity. This is not Patina's first space rodeo. I started work at uh, NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory back in 1985. So JPL's area of expertise is the robotic exploration of space, so rovers and orbiters and things like that. And so my background, I have actually a crossover between uh, engineering, physics, and uh, planetary geology. So that ended up being a great background for working between scientists and engineers and understanding how to design machines that would solve science problems. We're in Bettina's office, and across from her desk is a series of picture frames, each with a poster of a different NASA launch, each representing a mission that Bettina has worked on. One of the first missions that I worked on that went to space was actually a Earth-orbiting satellite, uh, had an instrument on it called AIRS, that uh, was making measurements of the Earth's atmosphere then worked on a mission uh, called Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, which, as it, uh, the name implies, was a orbiter that uh, was making a lot of measurements of the Mars surface and atmosphere from orbit uh, around the planet. Then worked on the uh, Dawn mission. The Dawn spacecraft that launched in 2007 is an example of a mission that used these kinds of low-thrust but super-fuel-efficient rockets. It traveled to the dwarf planet Ceres and a protoplanet called Vesta, located in the asteroid belt beyond Mars. Then uh, worked on the Mars uh, Science Laboratory, the Curiosity rover mission. So that's kind of a whirlwind tour of my career and now very much enjoying my new role here at uh, Paihau Robinson, working on this technology demonstration mission of the uh, plasma rocket and its uh, superconducting magnet. Yes. The plasma rocket and its superconducting magnet. There's so much cool terminology going on here. But wait, there's more. We're using an old new type of, of plasma rocket, so it's called a magnetoplasma dynamic uh, plasma rocket, MPD. It's a cool um, name. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, we're putting a powerful HTS magnet around it. This is Dr. Ben Mallet, a senior scientist at the Robinson Research Institute, 
which, not coincidentally, is known internationally for superconducting magnet science in engineering. Now, a superconductor is something that conducts electrical current with no resistance once it gets below a certain temperature. Initial superconductive materials required extremely, and I mean extremely, cold temperatures. And that's why Ben has said HTS magnet, because it stands for... High temperature superconductor. So it's a, a superconductor has, has zero resistance to electricity. It means you can, you can put a lot of current through these, so they don't heat up, you can make really powerful magnets. And just to clarify, because when scientists say high temperature superconductor, they're talking about a different kind of high temperature than the sure. normal person would be talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> it's yeah, about minus two hundred degrees Celsius. Um, we're using a what we call a cryocooler, which is kind of like a fridge, and you, you give it power, and it can cool down your magnet to those sorts of temperatures. So, I mean, that sounds awkward that you would have to have a magnet that has its own, like, self-cooling cryo chamber to go with it. What is the advantage that a high-temperature superconducting magnet brings to the table? So this particular type of plasma rocket um, does really well at at high powers. Um, So that's if you want to go very far in space, if you want to transport cargo to the moon and back, or if you want to go even further to distant planets, that's where you want this particular type of rocket. So a, a plasma is, is a, a charged gas. You know, it's, it's got you know, the positive and the negative charges in there. And that means you can use electric fields and magnetic fields to accelerate it. And that's how you get um, these, these really you know, spit out your exhaust really quickly. So that's what um, where the superconducting magnet comes in. It generates these really powerful magnetic fields to help accelerate your plasma to spit it out the back of your rocket really, really quickly. In space, you want to make things as light and as efficient as possible. And the superconducting magnet might help improve both of these. So we've got the high-temperature superconducting electromagnet that will power the thrusters on the rocket. And it has its little cryogenic cooling chamber. But it also needs one other thing the electro part, the current, which is what Ben is focused on. I'm making something called a flux pump, which is which energises the magnet, which puts current into the magnet to make this powerful magnetic field. Flux pumps are great because they can put a lot of current in and they don't take a lot of power to do that. Um, and that's really important in space. Any way you can reduce uh, how many watts you need, how many watts of power yeah, is, is good. To be clear, it's not just Bettina and Ben working on this. There's a team of people within the Robinson Research Institute, and they're also partnered with the University of Auckland and the University of Canterbury. And they need a team, because there's a lot to make and build, and then test, 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 before this new plasma rocket design can be used. It's a lot to think about, so they've broken it down into two smaller projects that they're doing in parallel. The first they've called Kōkako, because the bright blue wattle of the North Island Kōkako matches with the blue plasma that comes out of the rocket thruster. This is where they're testing the performance of the thruster and superconducting magnet combo in a chamber that simulates the vacuum of space. I mean, there's basically no point in doing this if the fancy magnet isn't able to make the rocket better. 
The second part is called heki, or egg. And this is where they've carefully designed a container, around 30 centimetres squared, that has all the parts that the superconducting magnet needs to work. So the magnet itself, the cryocooler, the flux pump, and the computer and electronics, encased in an aluminium cover. And that is going to be sent to space. So we're hoping to launch in early 2025, which means that uh, in late 2024 would be when we'd be doing all this testing. So here we are in uh, 2023. So we're in the middle of designing, building, testing, finding out where we have problems, redesigning and responding to those uh, challenges. So when you design something new from scratch, you find out how much you don't know. And so that's why it's really important to do this uh, iterative process where you design, build, test, fix your problems, and uh, and then test again. So that's the part we're in right now. And uh, so by the end of next year, we are planning to have the whole thing built up, ready to go into this environmental testing, and then uh, ship it to Houston for its uh, start of its journey to the space station. We're working with a company in Houston that uh, has essentially slots on the space station where they can put experiments. So we coordinate with them, and they tell us how big it can be to fit in the space, how heavy it can be, what kind of environments it needs to survive. And then uh, they arrange the journey there for us, uh, and when we get to the space station, the astronauts will install it in its uh, little slot, and uh, then we operate for... um, about 15 weeks, and uh, then they send us back down so we can make sure to take a look at our experiment and see whether it's been changed by the exposure to the environment of space. So part of our goal here is to show that this is a viable technology, it operates successfully in space, and that uh, it won't degrade in that environment. That's another important part of the story. We head off down the hall to have a look at the lab space where they design and build and test. It's a big, high-roofed area with the vacuum pumps making a lot of noise. But in the centre of the room, on either side, are two large lab benches. And there are people busily working away, concentrating hard. So this is Xiong. Um, he's, he's another one of the scientists here uh, in the team. And right now, he is, looks like he's making um, parts which go on the superconducting magnet. So he's, he's got a piece of superconducting tape there and a big soldering iron in his hand, and he's, he's going to solder the uh, pieces of superconductor together. There's obviously science in it, but there's also a bit of art in, in just how you um, uh, do the, the soldering so you have a very low resistance join between your superconductor. And that's something that um, uh, we've developed really, really well uh, as part of this, this project. This is the Robinson Research Institute's first foray into space. And so much of this is about tech de-risking, making sure that what they design will work correctly in space to do its job. The Kokako thruster testing and all the work in this lab is building towards that deadline of the launch to the International Space Station. There, the HECI, with the superconducting magnet, flux pump, electronics and radiation detector, will be placed outside the space station for testing. I asked Dr. Ben Mallet, what's the dream outcome for that test? Showing that we can operate the superconducting magnet in space, I think will be a, a massive milestone. It'll be the first you know, demonstration of a, of a fully superconducting magnet in, in space uh, like, like this. And, and showing the flux pump technology works as well. 
think that'll all be very exciting. We've got various goals and, and metrics we want to hit. Um, the other really exciting thing, I think, will be the potential to bring this magnet back and, and then inspect it and, and, and put it inside a, a, around a, a plasma rocket. If they can show it can operate in space, well, then that's the validation they need to open commercialization doors. We've been focused mostly here about the plasma rocket thruster application, but there are other uses for high-powered magnets in space. Controlling a spacecraft orientation with magnotorquers, which use a strong electromagnet to push against the Earth's magnetic fields, or ballistic re-entry shielding. So if successful, it's possible that this technology might be go for launch. Thanks to Bettina Pavri and Dr. Ben Mallet from the Robinson Research Institute. This episode was produced by me, Claire Kincannon, with help from Liz Garten and Ellen Rikers. Sound engineering was by William Saunders, and Tim Watkin is executive producer of podcasts and series at RNZ. If you've got feedback for us, you can drop us an email at ourchangingworld at rnz.co.nz or find us on Facebook or X, where we are at RNZ Science. Our webpage is at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Kia pai, de wiki.